I'm saying is that today is going to be my last day to preach as your interim pastor. Ooh. No, no, no. It's, it, it has been a joy. Let me tell you, because I was telling my wife, you know what? Uh, a year ago, we were in the Philippines, and we were praying whether we should take this interim or not. My wife said, are you sure you want to take that interim? Tingin si Pastor Nathan. We were making all kinds of jobs. I said, Annie, we have to pray about this. And so when we got back, and I know I met with a few of the leaders here, we sensed God's call for us to be taking this as, uh, as an interim. And you know, now that we look back, we say, Lord, thank you. Because if we didn't do this, we would have missed one of the greatest journey in our lives right now in serving the Lord. You have been a blessing to us. We enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, my wife says, wow, it's already 11 months? It was like, like the expression, parang kahapalam. It was not, it was just like yesterday. And now it's already 11 months. And you know what? You still have hair. Oh yeah, that's right. It's okay, all right? I'm all right. I might have grown a few more hair here. But it's been a, it's been a wonderful journey. We, we, we've been able to go through some pains as a church. But you know what? What church doesn't go through pains? That's all part of growing pains, kapatid. And we've learned to love people for whatever is happening here. But we grow together. Resolve things. And when things don't get resolved, God still does it in His own way. Not only that, but we'd also be able to realize that you have come up with your priorities. Like discipleship is one of those important things. Now, I want to make sure the young people are here. Where do the young people go? Oh, they're studying. I wanted them to hear this message because this was for missionaries. All right. All right. But anyway, maybe here's an, uh, I wanted them to listen to this message because this is a culmination of what we've been doing. But maybe they have their... Uh, if they decide to do it, I'll leave it up to the Spirit for them, all right? It's okay. It's all right, brother. But I was thinking that uh, they would allow, like to be part of this. And so this morning, I'm here to give you almost a message I believe would be uh, the culmination of what we've been doing here and help us realize what is more important as a church in terms of where we need to be going. And so I would like for us first to pray, ask God's help, because I want to make sure that I give the message that is clear for everyone that's here, for the listening that would make a difference in our church. Let's pray. Lord, I am asking for your spirit to be the one to help me, dear God. As I deliver this message to your church. A message that I believe needs to be heard by everyone here. But not only here Lord. But even our churches today. Because there's a great dire and need for churches that are making a difference. I know Lord you've done something great in this church. So Lord thank you for the opportunity you gave me Lord to serve here. But also be able to see people grow and respond to your call. To make things Lord happen in such a way that even the calling of Pastor Stephen. That it was your own way your own time that you gave us this pastor. So thank you, Lord. Because we know, even in the calling of our, our church, of pastor, we know, Lord, that you are all a part of this. And we thank you, God, how you have arranged everything for your church. It's good to know you are in control of our lives and our ministries. And we trust you for that. Lord, speak to me, Father. I pray that our, our message today will be a personal application. Incorporate as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me think about church. Well, some of you probably are saying, boy, this is a warm church, right? Hopefully not only warm in temperature, but warm because of the love we have, all right? If some of you are complaining because of, of the hot weather, think about the Philippines and some of the churches that have no air conditioning. 
A little inconvenience shouldn't stop us from coming to church. All people say, I can't come to church today. Why? Because somebody's sick and the whole family doesn't come to church. Excuses, right? I know there's some emails sent out that the air conditioning will be gone today, but I'm glad you're here, air conditioning or without. We can suffer for the Lord. Amen? If you're a missionary, you might as well learn to handle inconvenience like this. Because it's not about the weather that keeps us from coming to the Lord. We need to be all weather Christians. Inconvenient or convenient, in season and out of season. And so this morning, I want to share with you a message that has been close to my heart. If you are going to be the church that God is going to be using, glory of God Christian fellowship, what I'm about to share with you is going to be very critical, not only in your life, but how you will view where the church needs to be going. So if you've got your Bibles with you, open with me to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. If there is a church that I would like to describe to you that this could be the church that glory of God should be, I would point to this church. By the way, all the churches in the, in the New Testament all had problems. All the churches, all right, including Jerusalem. So there is no perfect church. Am I correct? If there's a perfect church, please don't join it. Somebody said it will become imperfect, all right? So leave them alone, all right? And you know, when, when I hear people say, oh, I'm going to go to this church here because I'm not blessed here, God bless you. You know why? You will never be satisfied. If you come to church because you're not being fed, it means worship is just about you, not about God. Listen, I have people, oh, I'm going to this other church because they have a better program in worship. Fine, go there. You may be a consumer. You go there because you're just being ministered to. But you're here because God has called you to be a part of this church because something good is, can happen in this church as you reach out to all people. Amen? Amen. There will be problems like family. Now, let, let me ask you. How many have perfect families? Uh, Alright. You know, everybody wants to claim that my family is better than yours. You go to parties, they all boast about their families. Some people say, Ooh, You know, it's like if you pop, it's like, you know, it's full of air. Listen. We don't have perfect families. You have uncles and aunts are not perfect. My wife was talking about earlier. Even my, even my family, they're not perfect. So is our family, right? All you guys are like, you're like this. Some of your uncles and aunts are like this. Yes, some of your uncles and aunts are like this too, right? We all have those things. Grandparents, yeah. Brothers and sisters, siblings. So is the family of God. So thank God we got a church that is not a place that is a social club for people who just want to feel good. The church can be a hospital. We all have hurts, nursing things, but God is in the process of building us up to become better. Amen? So we pray that as you become a part of the church, you've started to grow. So now let's look at the scriptures and look at the church and how God has used this church to make a difference. I call this a model of a church that is seeing transformation or change. My prayer is that because you become a part of this church, you've changed. If after one year you haven't changed, something's wrong about you or this church. That this church hasn't taught you what it means to be changed. Thank God we're in the process of changing. Why? Because our world is ever-changing. Folks, I'm concerned. Last Friday, the homosexual marriage has been passed. You hear that? Last Friday. Mayor Cuomo. Now, I'm not here as a politician. Don't get me wrong, all right? I'm not taking sides. But as a Christian... 
The Bible tells me what is right and what's wrong. Whether it is homosexuality, whether it's adultery, whether it's fornication, whether it's lying, they're all what? They're all sin. And so I can never justify that this is right because the Bible says what? It's wrong. Who am I to change that? That is God's standard. It will remain. And this is a conviction that will never change. Conviction means it's biblical and I'm going to follow what it says. Now you may have your own preferences. Preferences are not convictions. You got that? Preferences, things can, you can... I want to go to church that doesn't have... That has air conditioning. That's a preference. I want to go to the church that has contemporary music. That's preference. You got that? But when the church says, I don't believe in Jesus Christ, my conviction says, I'm not going to be a part of the church. Uh-uh. Because Christ is my Lord. So, we need to have churches that have the conviction. And so now, let's look at this church. What was it about this church in Antioch that made a difference? If you notice in Acts chapter 11, verse 19, I want you to follow carefully because these are important points. If God is going to use GTCF to make a difference. Starting from verse 19. Now, those who have been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen travel as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to whom? Wait a minute. Remember Acts chapter 1, verse 8? We are supposed to be what? Witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, up to the ends of the earth. The church in Jerusalem was a church made up of Jewish people. They were told, go share the gospel with what? All. Now, folks, they didn't take this seriously because it was easy for them just to reach the Jewish people of their own kind. Now, here, it shows that there was a problem. They were empowered by the Spirit to break that difference, but yet some of them did not do it. Notice what happens here. They left Jerusalem. They go to Antioch, and the people they only witnessed to them are what? Jews. Now, let me make it in the context. You leave the Philippines. You go to America, and the only people you witness to are whom? <laughs> Filipinos. That's not different from that. You got that? Missionaries. Where are young people over here? You're going to go to New York. Am I correct? New York is made up of all kinds of people from all over the world. Folks, that is what the world's going to look like. And you go to New York, and the people you're going to witness are whom? Little Manila, Filipinos only. Listen, that's the same thing here. If you do that, that is not life change. That is the normal thing that a person will do is to reach people of your own kind. Folks, that is the challenge. When we leave this place, we need to be witnessing to people beyond our own kind. That is the act of the Holy Spirit. So one thing that this church did, it had to deal with this problem that we become so focused among ourselves. However, I want you to look at verse 21. Oh, thank God, verse 20. Some of them, however, oh, I like that word, however. Pero, all right? Men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to whom? To Gentiles, to Greeks. In other words, Jewish people left Jerusalem. There were some of them who got it, who got what the Holy Spirit is saying. You got to be witnessing to what? To Gentiles. The church in Antioch, according to the book of Acts, is a Gentile church. If the church in Antioch didn't do its job, the gospel probably would not have gone to you and to me. Who are we? We're Gentiles. Am I correct? If they didn't do their job, boy, the gospel would just have been limited just among the Jewish people. Thank God that people got it. 
And so first of all, we need to understand we need to be intentional in reaching all people. Because the gospel is what? Inclusive. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Go and make disciples of what? What does all mean? Who's everybody? All. All people, regardless of what their status. So that shows us they were very, very inclusive. Not only that, I want to let to show you the, the impact upon this. If you notice this church, as they reach out to people, I want you to open to Acts chapter 13. Just follow me carefully here. Acts chapter 13. Oh, thank you, dearest. What a wonderful wife. I could not have done it without my wife, too. She is, by the way, my researcher, if you didn't realize. I said, when I took this job, I said, honey, if you're not going to say yes, I won't do it. Why? You're going to have to do the research for me for my messages. So when I preach on Sunday, she was my researcher. So you need to thank her to that, all right? If the message is not good, blame her. No, 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 blame me. I'm not. Okay. I want you to look at, the, at Acts chapter 13, starting from verse 1. In the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Wow. All right? We have Barnabas. Where is he from? Cyprus. Simon called what? Niger. You know what the word Niger means? Black. Did you get that? Wow. All right. Then you have uh, Lucius from Cyrene. Manan who had been brought up with Herod. Oh, this guy was an aristocrat. Brought up with, you know, with all the things in life. And then, and then we have Saul. Where is Saul from? Tarsus. What is the leadership of Antioch looks like? It reflected the people in their community. That church had a diverse type of leadership. So let me challenge you. A year from now, we come back to GGCF, and people are going to look at your church. They ask you, what kind of leadership do you have? If it does not reflect the community reaching, then you become a church that is just focused on what? Us. We need to be a church that reaches all people because that is what the gospel tells us. Am I correct? You have a problem? Look at the gospel. Look at the example that is being given here by the church in Antioch. So they were intentionally reaching all people. What else? Number two. I want you to go back to Acts chapter 11. They were filled with the Spirit of God. Because in Acts chapter 1, the Spirit of God came upon the people of God. But I want you to, to notice a person here. Look, look at verse 24. He was a man that was full of the Holy Spirit. This was whom? Barnabas. Barnabas was filled with the Spirit. In Acts chapter 13, just follow me carefully. Right? It says here, uh, while they were, look at verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me whom? The Holy Spirit was guiding them and empowering them. You want this church to make a difference? We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Many of our churches have missed the work of the Spirit because we are afraid to talk about the Spirit of God. But listen, this is the time of the Holy Spirit's work. When Christ left, He left the Holy Spirit. And so if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you have no power to overcome sin. You have no power to become the leader that God wants you to be. You have even no power to witness to people. And this is the reason why our churches are dying today. It's because we don't even claim the power of the Spirit. 
We claim Calvary, but we don't claim Pentecost. That the Spirit is upon us. And so folks, the Spirit is so important for this church to be used by God. You need to claim God, fill this place with the Spirit of God. What does it mean? God, control every person in this church by your Spirit. Because if we're controlled by you, then we will do the things that would be honoring to you. So now let me share with you something that happens here. When you do what's right before the Lord. It says, if you notice in verse 31, the Lord's hand was upon them. What is the result? What is the result here? It says, and a great number of people, what? Believed and turned to the Lord. Folks, you want to see people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? You need to ask Holy Spirit of God, give me that power and the conviction to share Jesus Christ in your power. And many people will believe and turn to the Lord, not because you've done it in your own strength, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me share with you. This church had problems. Would you believe that? Oh. By the way, as a church, if you don't know how to resolve problems, you will, it will break you. Every church has conflicts. As a matter of fact, this church had a conflict. You know what the conflict was? Between the church in Antioch, watch carefully, and the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem said, Hey, you guys in Antioch, what are you doing? Why are you witnessing to these Jewish people? Oh, no, no. To these Gentiles. I got it wrong. What are you doing? In other words, they were questioning. You guys need to be doing what we're doing. And so they sent whom? Barnabas. Barnabas was there to what? To check them out. Some people say to spy. Alright? Are they doing something right? Maybe some of you are spicy saying, what is this church doing? You check it out. And he was supposed to spy them, alright? And even maybe to correct them. What does Barnabas do? I want you to notice what Barnabas does. Follow carefully. When he arrived, verse 23, he saw the evidence of the what? Of the grace of God. Folks, let me ask you. Do you see the evidence of the grace of God at GGCF today? Are you more gracious because you've come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, I've seen people like that. Some people say, you know, before they came to the Lord, they're so judgmental. You know, every little thing, you go die, you know, all right? Have you noticed that? Go to hell, right? Or some people say, yeah, you leave the church. Yeah, just, you know, we could be so, people that are so judgmental. But the Bible says he saw the evidence of what? The grace of God. What is God's grace? When you get things that you don't deserve, when you, be, when you are more understanding of people, the grace of God, remember that song, Amazing Grace, right? Folks, you need to learn from our African-American folks as they sing. How sweet. You know what's so nice about that? Do you know the background for that song? John Newton, who wrote the song, was a slave trader. And I see they took the slaves from Africa and they brought them to um, England and other places. You know what was happening? These slaves, while they were on board, they would say, That is a, an African hymn, folks. And he saw what was happening with the slaves that were taken out from the conditions, not because they wanted to. And he made use of this to, to amass himself with wealth. And God convicted him. He said, there's something wrong about this. And all of a sudden, he saw the amazing grace of God that saved a wretch 
like John Newton. Folks, who's a wretch? We're all wretched people. Am I correct? I am. I'm a sinner. So are you. It was God's grace that touched his people and lives were being changed. So I pray when people look around and say, Wow, I'm so glad that the Lord changed Jojo. I'm so glad the Lord changed Sister Bella or Brother Ed. Every one of us. I said, Wow, thank God for God's grace upon your family. You're a changed person. Say amen. amen. Because of God's grace. He saw the amazing grace of God. And what did he do? He was glad. He encouraged them with all their hearts. In other words, he says, you guys in Antioch, you're doing it right. But he, almost to say, you know the church in Jerusalem? They should learn from you. There were conflicts, folks. But he knew how to handle it. You know why they knew how to handle it? Because these people that were there had the right characteristics. So let me give you. If, you want, if you'd like to be a good member, a great member of this church, if you want to do this kind of work, you need three things, all right? Let's look at the life of Barnabas. Follow me carefully. And don't worry about the thing over there, right? Because I, I, I may not be following that. So don't be confused when it's not on the board, all right? I'm being led by the Spirit here, all right? Here we go. If you look at verse 24, look at verse 24. There were three things about Barnabas that you and I need. Number one, he was what? A good man. Say good. Now say it in the southern way. Good. All right. You know what? Let me tell you. There's so many good Christians. There's so many good Christians in America today. But that is not enough. Being good earns you the right to share the Lord. All right? So southern Baptist, we see people responding to all kinds of disaster. You're good. You're helping people. Thank God for that. But there's the second thing that was needed about this person. What was he? He was... Full of what? See that, folks? You want to be at the church that God is going to use? You need to make sure the Holy Spirit of God control me. What it means to be full means, God, you take full control of my life. How does that happen? My wife and I were just talking about somebody who believes in, a Christian, who believes in transcendental meditation, yoga. All right? So that we will not forget about our problem. Mm. Now, folks, there's nothing wrong about that. To empty ourselves from whatever is sin. As Lord, please cleanse me. The Bible talks about meditation. But the problem is when you empty yourself, it is going to be filled with something else. You better make sure you're filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Or else you can be filled with, after you give it all up, you thought about that person? Yeah, I want to kill them. You're now filled with anger. You filled with anger, right? You just emptied yourself. Or afterwards you finish, and then you go to your car. Your car is is broken down, and you look at this car that's brand new. Yours is old. You've suddenly been filled with what? Envy. <laughs> folks, why can't we fill it up with what? Jesus. If you got Jesus, folks, you will be happy. You won't be looking for anything else that will fill this emptiness because that thing won't fill this emptiness. That beautiful car will break down one of these days. You will be filled with anger. You know, and you say, you know, folks, we need to think that Jesus is enough. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Full of goodness, full of the Holy Spirit. What is the third quality? Look, look there. Full of what? Faith. Faith to believe that God has something good in store for the people who love Him. Amen. 
Faith to believe that God has something beautiful for this church. Do you believe that God has something beautiful for GGCF? And that the better days are still ahead? If you think this is good, the better days are ahead. So wait for it, folks. You don't want to lose out on this when you're filled with the Spirit. And notice, when this happened, go back to Acts chapter 11. I want you to notice the result here. It says, a great number of people are what? Would you like to see people want to the Lord? So here's my question, GGCF. How many people have come to know the Lord in the last year that we've been here with you? Just asking. If you truly are a church that really believes in what the Bible tells us of sharing the gospel with people who don't know Christ, how many people right now have come to know the Lord as a result of your ministry at GGCF? If people are not coming to know the Lord, therefore there must be something missing somewhere that we're not doing the mission of the Lord. So I'm so glad we're going to be sending a mission team. Amen? Because it starts right here. So let's look further here. And then in verse 25, here's a critical verse. I'd like you to look at verse 25. When Barnabas saw something great was happening there, he went to Tarsus and he looked for a guy named what? Saul. Who is Saul? If you have seen Saul before, you would get away from him. Stay away from him if you feel like, this guy killed a lot of Christians. He stayed away from this person because they feel like, this person could kill me. But notice here, Paul is brought in by Barnabas to the church where? In Antioch. Why not the church in Jerusalem? Because the church in Antioch, here's the word, they got it. Folks, I pray that the church in GGCF gets it. Why? Because for this whole time, notice here, Paul and Barnabas discipled the church. For a whole year, they taught them. What is so important about teaching? Teaching is the changing of the mind. When the mind is changed, what happens next? Your attitude. And when your attitude changes, what happens? Your action changes. For a whole year, he was intentional. In other words, they made sure that every person there hears about the Lord and how to grow. They were also comprehensive. I don't think it was all just about, about just one area of topic of assurance. They gave them the whole comprehensive area. So you want to grow? Make sure you're part of a discipleship class. And plug it in. Now let me encourage you. Some of you were so excited when we began the discipleship series here. Ah, online, we had 14. Now we're down to four. But you know what? I'm not discouraged. I told these people, I'm so glad. I want, I want to commend them. Lillian, Imelda, Ruben has joined us too. Once in a while, our brother Bong joined us too. Brother Ed, a number of you would join every now and then. That was good. But you know what's nice about this? During this process, it tells us there are people who are committed, who believe in this. And I pray that there comes a point of time that everybody will be able to go through these discipleship classes and to the point that everybody embraces what the church believes. You know what that happens? Then the church believes the vision and the mission and you start multiplying. Remember I showed you earlier? If I disciple my brother here and I expect him to be discipling somebody, that's multiplication. So my question is, who are you discipling? If you're not discipling somebody, you're not yet a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, go and make what? Now the problem many times as, as theologians, we put the emphasis on the go. If you study the original language, 
the, the goal is not where the command is. It is to go, comma, and what? Make disciples. We are supposed to go to New York to what? To make disciples. We go and reach them and make them disciples for them. You see why we have our, our young people going and the group going to, to New York? This is the result of discipleship. Because once you're a disciple, you say, okay, Lord, this is what you've done. I now have to respond and go and make disciples. That's what missionaries are. That becomes the result. And then I want you to notice here, a great number of people, it says here, were made disciples. And then I want you to notice also the result of what happens with discipleship. In verse uh, 29, the disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for her brothers and sisters in, living in Judea. A person that is filled with the Spirit also gives generously. They gave as they are able. Did you know that the church in Antioch was not a rich church? But when they heard the news, they gave. I noticed that the Glory of God Christian Fellowship is a giving church. You've learned to respond. I like what you're doing with all this fundraising here. That's great. In other words, as a church, you're willing to give because you know this is going to be used in order to win people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for a generous church. It's a sign of a church that wants to see lives change. But then I want you to notice the, the impact and the result of this. I want you to notice verse 26. The disciples were what? Called Christians. The Christ ones. By the way, you know that word was a derisive term. In other words, they, they put the Christians down. Oh, those are the Christ ones. They call themselves Christians. In other words, they're followers of the Christ. It was like they were mocking him, all right? But listen carefully. The Christians for the first time says, we will take that mockery. Why? Because they were making a difference. What was happening? They became more like Christ. When you become more like Christ, the church becomes and acts more like the what? The body of Christ. When the body of Christ acts properly, our communities are changed and they start to reflect the kingdom of God. Notice what happens. When you're doing things right, number one, as believers, we become like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? As a church, you start what? To act like the what? The body of Christ. And then the third, our communities will start to reflect the changes. But let me make sure we understand the word Christians here. And, I, and with this, I'm going to share. They were willing to bear the name Christians. There was something special about being called the Christ ones. They said, all right, okay, God, we will bear that name. So let me close with this illustration. Alexander the Great. You might have heard this story, but I'm going to use it again. I love this illustration. Alexander the Great was a great conqueror. He was known because of the way he disciplined his soldiers. In other words, every time he made sure his soldiers were a part of him, they were there to make sure they will win the battle. If you deserted him in the battle, you will face Alexander the Great. And so one time, a soldiers will be coming before his throne. And he's asking, young men, why did you desert me in the battle? If your excuse was not acceptable, he's going to say, you have no right to be part of my army. Send him to be executed. And one by one, he would execute them. By the way, he came this good-looking guy. He was well-built. All these muscles, all right? He came in to, to his throne, and while he was there, he kind of smiled and said, Young man, what is your name? 
He said, Alexander, my lord. Alexander was smiling. All of a sudden, his smile changed. He said, what is your name? Oh, Alexander, my king. And why did you desert us in the battle? He gave his excuse. And tell me again, what is your name? Alexander, your highness. He was so mad. He got out of his chair. He picked the gentleman. He shook him up. He said, young man, you better change your name or you change your conduct. What is your name? Christian, my lord. What is your name? Christian, my savior. What is your name? Christian, my king. You better change your names or change your conduct. The world is watching. We need churches today that reflect these things here. That we're intentional in the way that we reach out to people, that we're empowered by the Spirit, that we are willing to make the changes in order to reach out to people like what, what Barnabas did with Saul, that we're willing to come up with a disciple process where people are being trained and being lifted up and being nurtured. But not only that, that we are making a difference in our homes, our communities, because our lives are changed. When that happens, people say, I want to be part of that church. I thank God that Glory of God Christian Fellowship has those signs. One more illustration, and this I close. Last, the other Saturday, some of you went with us to, uh, with, uh, with uh, Revolution to downtown uh, Raleigh. We gave out some, remember those food for the homeless? I was watching. I'm going to tell you where I will be able to say whether a person really has gotten it or not. Whether they have this spirit of a person that is filled with the spirit and wants to do what is right. When we got down there, remember the pickup truck was there? And they opened a pickup truck and there were all these goodies to be given out to the homeless. Let me tell you what I was seeing. I saw all kinds of people that would take this in a different way. There were some, when it came, the people started to come and all that they did was give them the plastic bag filled with food and supplies. That was it. There were some who got the, the bag. They gave it to them. And I saw some of our people there. And as they gave the bag, they were talking to them about Jesus. How can I pray for you? They did that. I also saw some who went over to the other side and gave tracts and says, would you please read this track? I'll come back. And let me, tell, let me ask you what you think about that track. In other words, right there and then, I knew whether the person got it. You see, when you love God, you're willing to share this with others. However, listen carefully. You just don't share the food. What is the most important thing you can share with people? Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, let me share with you. And the best thing we can give them is whom? It's Jesus. Missionaries, when we go to New York... The best thing we can give New York is Jesus. It's not our goods. We have to be bold enough to say, what I have is so important that you will want to have this. But you cannot share something that you never have. So I pray that even this morning that you will be filled with Jesus. And because you're filled with Him, you'll be filled with grace and goodness and faith. It'll be overflowing from you. And from this church will come a church that is overflowing and impacting the community. May God's blessing be upon GGCF and its members and its leaders as you move on even to the next stage of our life as a church. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, every head's bowed and every eyes are closed.
No, this is your time to respond to the Lord. At this moment, you know that God has spoken to you through His Word. The first question I want to ask you is this. Are you intentionally sharing the gospel with all people? If you haven't done this and you've been so selective in your process, then you say, God, please forgive me. I need the feeling of your spirit that I may have a burden for all the people that you died for. You need to ask God to give you that boldness and that burden for all people. Because they're passing into eternity without a Savior. And you may be the only person that they know. I pray that God will use you to have that burden and that boldness to share the gospel. And maybe this morning you say, God, I'm tired. There's a lot of problems in my home, my church, and I just have so many conflicts in my life today. But you know that you cannot solve this on your own. Would you be please willing to admit, God, I need help today. I need your spirit, Lord, to take full control of my life. And Lord, why I know when you come in and help me, Lord, it may not turn the way I want it to be, but Lord, I'm willing to trust you. So this morning, will you please say, Holy Spirit of God, take my problems, take my life, take my future, take whatever struggles I have today, Lord, they're all yours. And Holy Spirit of God, I come and please ask you, Lord, to fill me with your presence and make me realize you are enough for me and you're all that I want, dear Lord. Ask the Spirit to fill you right now. Maybe this morning God is telling us, Lord, I need to change. I'm so stuck in my ways. I feel like I can't even change things in the church, in my home. Lord, help me to change for the sake of your gospel, Lord. That's what the church in Antioch was. They're willing to change and adopt new ways. The message doesn't change, but they were willing to change. Would you please be willing to say, Lord, would you please change my heart? Change my mind. Change my attitude that I might be open to what needs to take place in my life so that others will be one to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you please do that? Respond to that message this morning. My fourth challenge is this. Have you discipled other people today? How long have you been a Christian? Can you say even today that you are discipling somebody to follow the Lord, to live for Christ, and they are also multiplying? If you haven't made disciples of someone else, would you please ask God to help you become a disciple maker? Because you are disobedient to God's command if you are not a disciple maker. Say, Lord, help me to invest in other people today. Starting with your own family, your friends, your neighbors, co-workers. And then lastly, would you please pray, Lord, help me to bear the name Christian in such a way that I will not be ashamed. That people will be so attracted to Christ because they see the change in my life. Lord, help me to change today. That Christ will be seen in my life. Would you please pray that prayer? Lord, you've heard our responses today. You know where we stand. You know what our needs are. But Lord, thank you that you have never given up on us. That you're in the process, dear Lord, of still molding us so that we will be more effective witnesses for you. That we will make a difference in our homes, our jobs, and wherever you place us, Lord. Help us, dear God. Seal every decision that is made today. Empower them with your spirit. And so doing, dear Lord, not only will our lives be changed, our families will be changed. Our communities will be changed. 
GGCF will be a different church because your spirit is continuing, Lord, to work in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in the past in this church. Thank you for what you're doing today. But, Lord, we're even more excited about what you'll be doing in the coming days. This is our prayer. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if God has spoken to you, and we know this is a time for decision-making, whatever decision made today, if you want to pray with us today, we're all going to ask you to come forward. If you want to be a part of this church, we welcome you. If you feel like you just need somebody to pray with you, whatever decision you made today, say, I need somebody to pray with me. Why don't you come? This is your time to offer yourselves and to respond to God's message. Shall we all stand? And let's sing this song as our, our closing song, but this is your time of response. We offer this, if God is calling you to be a part of a mission work, be a part of the church, whatever decision that might be, you come. This is between you and the Lord, but we would like to affirm that decision. Let's sing this song together as they lead us in this hymn of invitation. your time to respond, knowing that God has a way of dealing with us. In worship, the Holy Spirit can speak to us. So whatever decision made, you can come. Bring
led me to the cross. the greatest joy we'll have as a church even this morning the Lord has led us to be a part of a mission team that'll be going to New York I'm going to ask us to do something all of those who are going to be going to New York as our mission teams as, a, as a missionaries we will commission them all right as your missionaries would you come all of you that are going to New York all right a mission team would you please come forward here you're part of the team the Lord has led you to be a part of this just come to the forward here, just up front. This is the first group we're sending, all right? Remember what they did in the church of Antioch? They sent the best, Paul and Barnabas. We're sending the best, all right? Why don't you come? All those who are coming to the team, all right? What about the other young people? Don't we have some more there? Would you please call them? All right. I know we have, uh, how many are coming? 25, 26 from our church? 29? Yeah. All right. We need to make sure that they're here because we'll be praying for them. There they are. All right. All the missionaries. These are your missionaries. Isn't that great? Wow. Wow. You should be glad. All right. Come on, missionaries. All right. In a short while, we're going to be praying for them. I'm going to be asking Pastor Ralph. Pastor Ralph is here too. Uh, I'm going to ask him to be praying for the team. Is that okay, Pastor Ralph? As we go on a mission team, folks, you need to be praying for this team. You are the lifeline. You know what the lifeline is? You're holding the rope. You let go of the rope. They'll be left alone, sinking out there. You need to be praying for this team every day, between now even as they go out there. I'm suggesting that uh, if we can put an update on, on our website, you know what's happening, and you can be praying for these missionaries here. We all need the power of the Spirit upon their lives. This, they will be targets of Satan. You got that? 
And so there will be things that Satan will do to disrupt. And missionaries, you will be tested, all right? There are times you want to lose your cool. There are times you want to go home. There are times you say, what did I sign up for? All right? Why, did I, did I, why was I forced to do this? Listen, you're going because God has called you to go, all right? You're bearing the name of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you a few questions. Number one. Are you willing to lay down your life for the Lord Jesus Christ? Alright? You must be willing to say yes. Because anywhere we go, God may send us. Second, are you willing to share Jesus Christ with anyone that God brings across your path to share Jesus Christ? Are you willing to do that? Number three, are you willing to do whatever it takes? That you will become the team that God will use together. That when you leave this place and you go there, they will see the love and the unity that you have. See, if you're not one, they know. They know if you're real or not. In other words, how can you share the love of God if you don't love the person next to you, right? So you will be rubbing elbows. Sometimes you'll get mad at each other. Love. Forgive. Be gracious, all right? So you're there to serve. This is not a mission tour. All right? Did you get it? It's not a mission tour. It's a mission work for you to be there as missionaries. So you're going to learn about the people there. You look for opportunities to say Jesus Christ. Now when you get back here, you will have to share what God has done in your life. Okay, last assignment. All of you need to have a testimony. What is a testimony? What were you before you came to know the Lord? Number two, how you came to know the Lord? Number three, what are the changes? Church, I'm going to ask you to do an assignment here, right? You see all these missionaries here? You ask them to give their testimony. If they don't have a testimony, you better make sure they have one, right? Because said you are not worthy to go as a missionary if you don't have the testimony. What were you before you came to know the Lord? How you came to know the Lord? What is the change? Can you do that? All right? Just ask them. Says, what is your testimony? Because that is the greatest thing you can share. Nobody can question. It is your testimony of what God has done in your life. So we need your help. All right? And we want to say thank you for praying and supporting the church. So Pastor Ralph, would you please pray for us? And church people, why don't you come? All right? Like what they did in the New Testament church, we want you to put your hands on everyone that's here. All right? Why don't you come and let's put our hands. Let's lay our hands on them. Asking God's spirit and blessing be upon them. You're going to send them as your missionaries, all right? So why don't you come? If you're part of this church, you're Christian, you can come. But just come and lay your hands upon. Make sure every missionary here, somebody's putting their hands. Everybody come. Come on. You're a part of this. You need to participate, all right? We would like to uh, ask and request Pastor Mike also to join us. You're part of oh, the Oh, Pastor mission, Mike is here. Oh, Pastor Mike, yes. So we can include you oh, I... uh, in praying for our missionaries. Yes, so you're, yes. You're part of These the are our partner here, Pastor Mike. And of course, Pastor Ken will be going with us too. So, yeah, please uh, come and uh, take this opportunity to uh, lay your hands and, you know, commit this mission team. Uh, to the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this great privilege you've given us that we can go for you. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, we're going because 
First of all, Lord, you came down here on earth from heaven. Yes, Lord. Lord, you came, you went, Lord, to be with us, Lord, to be among us. And not just to be among us, but Lord, to live inside us. And Lord, really this is where our boldness coming from. Lord, our confidence, our power, because we have you. And Lord, because we have you, we are complete. Everything that we need, Lord, has been provided. Lord, for us to share about the good news of Jesus Christ, because we have received the good news. So Lord, our prayer is that as we go, Lord, our prayers is that our brothers and sisters who will be left behind will continue to pray for us this whole week that we will be in New York. That, Lord, will you please prompt them to pray for us Mm. because we need their prayers, Lord, every day, every moment. And also, Lord, as we travel, we pray that you will be with us and protect us and let your peace surround us. Lord, please calm Mm. our hearts knowing that, Lord, really going out for missions and witnessing is simply bragging about you, really bragging about what you have done in our lives. Mm. And, Lord, that great salvation that you have given to us that we don't deserve, but yet you gave it to us because you love us. We don't understand your love to us, but Lord, you, you love us. You choose to love us. You gave your son, Jesus Christ. Yes. And also we will brag about how you have changed us, that Lord, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, through your life in us, Lord, we are changed. We're no longer the same old mm. person, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, with the old habits that we had, but Lord, we are changed. We are a brand new person in Christ, and we will brag about that. And also we will brag about the Lord, Lord, we have hope for the future because of Jesus Christ who holds our future. Lord, this is a simple picture that we can brag about whoever we will talk to. Lord, as Pastor Ken reminded us from your word, that Lord, we are commanded, we are authorized, Lord, not just to speak and share the gospel to Filipinos, but Lord, we will share the gospel, Lord, to Americans, to Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, Mm. Chinese, Japanese, Lord, and all the people. That, Lord, we will begin to look at people not on the basis of nationalities, not on the basis of race, but on the basis of that you have made us and created us in your image. That, Lord, yes, they may be lost, they may be unbelievers, but, Lord, you love them as you love us. You care for them as you care for us because your image is in them. Because all of us are made and created in your image. And you are committed to restore that image, Lord. Because you have sent Jesus Christ, Lord, to die for all our sins, to resurrect from the grave. Lord, we thank you that this is going to be an enjoyable trip. We will have fun. We will enjoy this because we know you're with us. Amen. And Lord, we will have so much, Lord, things to learn. And we will grow so much, Lord, in our relationship with you. Because, Lord, we realize apart from you, we can do nothing. We cannot really change these people. Yes, we cannot convert these people. We don't have the boldness to communicate the gospel to these people. But because we have you, Lord, we can see lives changing, Lord, as we share the gospel to them, as we serve them, as we love them. Thank you so much, Lord, that this is your work. So, Lord, we will relax in you. We will rest in you. We will trust in you. And so we invite you now, will you live your life in us and through us? Yes, as we go Lord. to this mission trip, Lord, our desire is that people will see you and that people that we talk to, they will sense your presence. Mm-hmm. And people that we will pray for and serve, that Lord, they will say, you know, we have seen Jesus in you. Oh, we have felt Jesus in you. Mm-hmm. We have experienced the presence. We, you, you, 
you are the person that we felt so closest, the person of Jesus Christ. Because you came here in New York, mm. we felt so close to Jesus Christ because of you. Yes. Lord, that's our prayer, that you will use our presence, our lives, that people will feel your presence, the closeness of your presence. We love you, Lord. Thank you for GGCF. Thank you, Lord, for this church who is so committed to you, committed to support, committed to give, committed to pray. We thank you for the love. We thank you that they're sending us as brothers and sisters, and they will continue to pray for us. And Lord, this is all for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.